Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode's with our guest, Ron Corey. He joins the podcast to talk about some of his challenges in starting his business career, his venture into entrepreneurship that has spanned over 40 years. Ron is the author of a book called Tenacity. It's an incredible book. He actually tells the story of what real competition looked like when he was starting his businesses, and now some of the lessons he's learned as a result of facing some of those challenges. Whatever challenges you think you have faced in getting your business off the ground, I guarantee you there's going to be some incredible insights from Ron's story. Check out this episode. Here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Sitting down with a serial entrepreneur today, and that's probably the, it doesn't really encapsulate all the things that is Ron Corey. Ron has been in business for over 45 years. He's started and sold over 20 different businesses. He's also, you think you have competition bad. He's had some pretty incredible encounters with his competitors in the business Ron, thank you for joining us, joining us today. Hi, Blake. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, I have to tell you, um, your bio is probably the most interesting that I've read because I don't think I've ever read about someone who's gotten death threats from their competitors. Yeah, you know, getting into the transportation business in a small town, Las Vegas in the 1980s was a unique experience. I thought I was bringing just a different service to the industry with purely stretch limousines, tuxedo chauffeurs, actually stocking the bar for my customers. And little did I know that by daring to enter the transportation business in Las Vegas, the people who had a lock on the monopolies engaged in all kinds of things, including anonymous death threats to my home phone, which in the 80s was the only way to reach someone. There were digital and voice pagers. And there were home phones. There were no cell phones. And uh, vandalizing my limos. Mm. So it made for a very interesting chapter in my book where I described defining who I believed it was that was doing it among the two limousine companies in town and how I confronted him alone, he and I on an elevator, and that my conclusions were correct because the fear I put in him ended the death threats, ended the vandalism. So I know I had the right guy and I was able to build my company up and sell it. Hmm. Well, you know, your, your book, Tenacity, and I love the name of the book because, um, and I, I, I mean, I'd be curious to hear your perception of today's entrepreneur because reading over your bio, reading through some of the things that you've been through, I mean, you haven't just started one business, I mean, almost two dozen over the last 50 years, and you have faced some 
really some challenges that it feels like today's business owner really doesn't have to deal with. Uh, but yet you see comments like, you know, you just got to be tenacious. You have to be hardworking. You have to be diligent. I wonder if today's <clears throat> entrepreneur even really knows what that word means because many of them haven't been through what you've been through over the last several years. Well, I'd like your listeners to understand. Um, I think there's a multiple effect. I'm not always looking for trouble to have all these problems in my life, but many people start one business, work it for 30 years, sell it and retire. I was always looking for a new challenge, a new niche to fill that Las Vegas didn't have. So uh, starting out with four taverns and then growing beyond that to the printing company business, a wholesale glass and mirror business, the retail limousine business, among many others, the multitude of problems I had were indicative of the fact that I was going into so many businesses. And some people, rather than compete head on and just let the guy with the better mousetrap prevail, thought they were wannabe tough guys. And uh, maybe they were successful scaring off people who did not have a level of perseverance that I enjoyed. And I think I sort of had that inbred in me going through the United States Marine Corps where they train you to take on a fight, don't let failure be an option that is acceptable, and be tenacious. I think that helped me in business, not only to make a business succeed and manage my employees, but also when the competitor came along that wanted to play hardball, teach them a little lesson about what real hardball was <laughs> and actually prevail in yeah. the battle. Yeah. Now what, I mean, today's, I mean, I'm thinking back to like challenges that you had, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago to compared to challenges that business owners have today you know, obviously we're living in the, um, the COVID market right now where um, businesses everywhere are really having to adapt their strategy. Uh, what do you, what's your perception or, or what encouragement do you have for the business owner today who maybe is starting for the first time or, or man, I was reading about uh, a guy who he started his business at the start of March and, you know, literally two weeks before COVID really ramped up. It's tough to be a business owner right now. You know, you're obviously very business savvy. You've been around the block a time or two. What, what can business owners today do to stay competitive? You know, the coronavirus pandemic is an unprecedented event in our world, particularly in our nation with, I don't know about other states, but in Nevada, our governor shut down many businesses. And I, I never quite understood what was in his head that all restaurants and bars should close, but gyms and other businesses could stay open. Um, you know, misguided, misguided legislating is uh, not unique to our country. Hmm. And I think while it is yet another hurdle for an entrepreneur to overcome, it's a rather unique and unprecedented hurdle dealing with the uniqueness of a pandemic. So on the one hand, these may pose struggles. Many people find something they can't survive. On the other hand, I like to consider challenges as opportunities for those that do choose to persevere, try to find a way to build a better mousetrap, 
make your, in the pandemic era, make your customers feel comfortable with changes you can make to your floor plan, training with your employees, do a little marketing to make them aware of what you've done, make them comfortable, because it's going to be very challenging for business to overcome this. And in answer to your question, I'm sorry to go on so long, but what can they do? I think one of the quickest and most important things is make sure they have a business to go back to. By that, I mean many entrepreneurs lease space. They don't own their space. And if the few that do own their space have a mortgage company and they have no cash flow since things were shut down in February and March, you've got to reach out to your landlord or your landlord uh, or mortgage holder rather and communicate with them, make them aware of your situation. In my current situation, even though I'm, I've sold most of my businesses and, and pretty much am retired, I still own car dealership site that I used to operate. And I've got a tenant there who has encountered challenges with, uh, with the uh, pandemic and, and the shutdown. And even though the governor allowed them to reopen at some point, he did the right thing. He reached out to me immediately. He said, look, I don't know what the future may hold. I don't know how long I can pay rent. You know, it's a six-figure rent. It's not small on a monthly basis. And when you lose your cash flow, I could only suggest to your people that they open that door of communication, don't dodge the difficult phone calls, confront them head on, and work out a deal with your landlord or mortgage holder and explain to them, you don't know how long it's going to be before you can generate revenues to the level that you need to pay the full rent, Mm -hmm. but work out a deal where you could pay partial rent or put off a couple of months. And... uh, just don't dodge those difficult phone calls because then you could face uh, foreclosures or evictions mm-hmm. and, uh, and you have to have a place to go back to work to and also communicate a great deal with your employees. If a guy gets to reopen after six months, but all his employees have moved on to other employment, that's not going to give him a business he can operate. So uh, not easy, but necessary to communicate with your people, make them feel embraced. Maybe you can give them a lot, a little shot in the arm financially. If you're a prudent business owner, you've got several months of cash flow bank, and maybe make the gesture your employees didn't anticipate you would make, and send them each a couple of hundred bucks as a good faith gesture. Not necessarily in advance. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's an early Christmas bonus. But something out of the blue that was unexpected could develop some employee loyalty mm. that is going to be very necessary when you're allowed to reopen. And get back into this. I love your um, man. You have such a great insight in terms of like long term strategy. Like you've you've nailed on a couple of different things just now. We're talking about leadership. We're talking about retention. We're talking about cash flow and all these things. It feels like a lot of business owners, especially when a challenge, um, a really big challenge like Corona, but when a challenge <laughs> hits us, it can be hard to see past the day to day or sit sit past or look past the, um, the fight or flight. It seems like you, and I don't know if it's your, your Marine background or what, but it seems like you do a typically pretty good job of not getting overly emotional, not getting overly panicky and moving straight to here's the solutions. Here's the next steps I can be taking. Here's, here's how I um, ensure the long-term success of my business rather than panicking about the end of the day or tomorrow or what have you. 
Yeah, I'd like to think that my book, Tenacity, was, um, of course, informative and entertaining, but many people have responded uh, to my website, which, by the way, is ronquerryauthor.com. Last name is spelled C-O-U-R-Y. But it has been inspirational and motivational to people that maybe are uh, facing a major challenge when they put their entire life savings into a new business and been confronted with such obstacles that they might think to cut and run. Um, by them walking through the, the challenges I faced with a corrupt city councilman at a neighborhood casino I was building and how I walked them through how this corrupt councilman attacked me, used his small town police department to come up against me and try to do away with me as a competitor of his. Who would want to go into business in a jurisdiction where the councilman that determined your fate in licensing, you later find out he's a competitor in not one, but two of my businesses, my printing company and my tavern business. He was going, he was in one and he was going into another. And he used the power as a councilman try to do away with me by trumping up felony charges, sending a police department gunning for me, uh, offering me immunity if, if I would just walk away from my uh, effort to open this casino in, a, in the neighborhood that he uh, is legislating. And uh, tenacity walks people through some very unique challenges that I faced, some of the creative ways, thinking out of the box, that I confronted those challenges and how I overcame them, not just in the limousine and the gaming and tavern business, but it walks them through my entire life story, which uh, I've, I've received, I've been very fortunate to receive many, many good industry reviews, uh, five-star reviews in all 60 cases. And I'm delighted to say that I am confident if anyone uh, looks up my book on Amazon or orders the audio book, read by actor Michael Madsen, they will be very entertained and could be inspired to succeed in their own endeavors. That's, you say the actor Michael Madsen is the one who did your uh, audiobook? Yes, when oh, I great. learned that 25% of all books sold today were sold in audio form, part of my entrepreneurial spirit, the first thing I thought was, I didn't realize it was that big a percentage of the book market, so I wanted to make my audiobook stand out. I thought about getting the right voice to be the voice of tenacity. And I first pursued Gene Hackman, who had a very good voice, I felt, and learned through his agent that he was fully retired, wasn't taking on any more jobs. But this particular agent also represented Michael Madsen, who I knew immediately who he was from Donnie Brasco, and Reservoir Dogs. Uh, I, I, when I learned he was available, he was between movies, and I could negotiate a price that was acceptable to me and acceptable to him. I made arrangements, put him in a suite at the Bellagio Hotel, flew him to Vegas from Malibu, and spent a week with him in the recording studio. And my entire book, while available in paperback, hardcover, and Kindle, is also on Audible with Michael Madsen reading the entire book. That's pretty cool. Nice. 
Well, I don't, I don't want to geek out too much because um, that is very cool. But I, I, I want to go back to a comment you made a few minutes ago that I, I want to hone in on. You said when we were first talking about coronavirus, you said for the people who choose <coughs> to overcome or excuse me, who choose to persevere. And I, I feel like you said that intentionally, that, that people almost have this choice to persevere or not. What do you mean by that? Well, let's picture the guys, the guys, women, and husband and wives as the one person you mentioned just got into business in March. These people might have taken their life savings, spent six months planning, setting up, let's say it's a retail business, setting up their shop, getting ready to open. And then this pandemic occurs with no end date. You can't even plan for when life is going to go back to normal. So how many people don't have that level of perseverance in them to hang in there and work out a deal with their landlord, work out a deal with their vendors, and be there for when the pandemic subsides and they can actually do business. And only through a level of tenacity and perseverance will they ensure that they will be there as a viable business when things get back to normal. It's just, as I said, it was an unprecedented event that confronted these people. So there's no rule book or blueprint for them to follow on what to do, which is why I encourage them, whether their business was closed or they've yet to open. Many people may cut and run and say, look, let's take our losses. Let's not let them grow. Let's not build up a higher debt to our landlord and walk away from it. Well, you know, no one solution works for everyone. But in many cases, I think they'll find landlords and mortgage lenders with a sympathetic ear. They can strike a deal that they can live with, whether it's a rent forgiveness or abatement. Uh, they need to communicate with their employees. But by perseverance, they could make sure that when their business does reopen or when they're allowed to open for the first time, they're there to try to be successful entrepreneurs. And don't cut and run just because times are tough. Uh, this will pass. This country is so resilient. I mean, the things we faced between World War I, World War II, the Korean War, uh, the Vietnam War, the, this country and, and the American spirit can overcome anything. Mm. And this is, while different in some ways, no different in many ways. And you need people to hang in there and be there for tomorrow. It's amazing how much mindset and your, your mental um, fortitude plays a role, not just in coronavirus, I think just in terms of, you know, especially for the new entrepreneur who's really excited about their business and then no customers show up. And, you know, it's, it feels like a deep blow. It feels like, you know, why have I done this? Why did I put all this money into this? Um, for the person who maybe doesn't naturally have that tenaciousness or doesn't naturally have that appetite for perseverance, is it possible for someone to build that up over time or to acquire that or to train that, to develop that? Um, or is you know entrepreneurship only for a certain select few? Well, I think some people are not built for a fight and other people can be groomed to develop fitness for a fight. So maybe by listening to some of the ideas you and I have discussed, 
uh, some people who are contemplating their future right now might have a shift in strategy. They might decide to try to reach out to, to their landlord where they didn't think a deal was possible and try to strike a deal. You know, uh, as I said, landlords could be in a position to forgive some rent, abate some, spread a couple of months out over the future after the pandemic subsides and, and make it possible for their people to succeed or make plans for the future. Because just as the entrepreneurs are thinking, well, I can't even talk to my lender or my landlord about a date that I'll be able to pay rent. So they're not going to make a deal with me. Well, put yourself in the other guy's shoes. If he doesn't have you as a tenant, he's got to go find another tenant. And that new person is facing the same pandemic you are. So it is much more likely than you may think that there's a deal out there to be struck. You just have to try yeah. and not throw in the towel so easily. You know, Mike Tyson said something. I've always enjoyed the, the thought of it, the concept. He said, everybody's a tough guy until they get punched in the face. Well, maybe that first punch that this entrepreneur take, took at the concept of having no customers or being forced to be shut down by his city council or, or governor made him think I need to cut and run, go back to the job. I, I, I quit uh, thinking I'd go into business for myself and try to find a pathway to actually get through this and open that dream business that, that they were maybe going to walk away from, but they have to get the idea first and then develop the willingness to fight and find a path to success. And maybe some people will, change their minds and now pursue that dream. Would you consider yourself an optimistic person? Absolutely. <laughs> you, you've got to see a road where no road appears and either go through that brick wall along that road, go over it or go around it, but only through optimism and a belief that you can prevail no matter what comes, can you actually succeed in business. Now, is this something that, like, I'm curious, like going back to your very first business, like business number one, maybe day one of business one, ha did you always have that optimism or is this something that you've, you've sort of built over time? I think I always had it because I, I got out of the Marine Corps, moved to Las Vegas, did not go back to New York City. I became a casino dealer. My book walks people through the first couple of years, what it was like and that I envisioned, and it, all, it describes the day I was on a dead roulette game, no customers is what I mean by being dead, and I was thinking about going into a business someday where I could be provided an income, whether or not I could actually go to work every day. You know, I had this thing in the back of my mind about getting cancer. My dad, his brothers, and sisters all had cancer. They all died from it. And I thought it's not a matter of if, but when I get it because of the family gene. And I thought, wow, if I can survive the cancer, I might not be able to work for a year. What am I going to do to make my house payments, support my wife and kids? So I contemplated going into businesses that would pay me whether I went to work or not. And that was the first day that I started thinking about getting into something. And it was a couple of years later that an opportunity to buy a tavern developed. And then I built that first tavern into a gaming parlor with food into 20 businesses. 
And it was thinking outside the box, not being limited to such foreseeable restraints that enabled me to actually pursue that first business. And lo and behold, at the age of 53, I was diagnosed with esophageal cancer, an 8% survival rate. So you want to talk about optimism, Blake. When you read that only 8% of the people with the cancer you've been diagnosed with make it six months, yet another challenge in my life to pursue and overcome. I researched the best surgeon, the best facility to have surgery in, what my life would be like after it, which I now am 40 pounds lighter than my fighting weight. I only have half a stomach, I have no esophagus, but I went into that battle just like every battle in business. Never thought about failing, never considered it as an option. And while I did make my funeral plans during the two week span between my diagnosis and my surgery, I just didn't want to put my kids through what I had to do when my dad passed away. It was very tough making funeral arrangements days after your parent passed away. So not wanting my family to have to deal with that in the worst case scenario, I took it on as every business challenge. I identified the hurdles. I resolved them as best as I could. And I flew to USC hospital with a vengeance, with a spirit in my heart that I was going to get through this like every other challenge. And my book walks you through what it was like doing that and the friends that supported me uh, through it and what it was like for the first year in bed, being unable to get up and get around and uh, overcoming yet another challenge, which is uh, why I thought tenacity was a good title for my book. Mm. Well, and going back to my comment of you being a long-term thinker, it's pretty, it's an incredible story of your first business thinking about what could happen years down the road and preparing for that. I mean, that's, that's a, you're a bit of a sage, I guess, with <laughs> having the, the forethought of really preparing for your future and being hungry about the solutions that you wanted. Um, we're, we're about out of time. Tell me what's, what are you working on now? Like what's, what's going on in your world? What's next for you? Um, tell us about that. Well, in 2015, I sold my four car dealerships. I, my, all my taverns were sold. I kept some properties. So I collect rent. Uh, thank God, uh, regular income isn't a concern for me. My businesses and investments have supported me through the cancer and, and through till today. But at the age of 68, I wasn't quite ready to not do anything. I've always been in business. So in 2015, when I sold everything, sitting down for two years and writing a book was, was my next project. And now marketing the book takes a bit of time because no one knows about the book unless they hear about it in podcasts like yours. But I did go into a new business called Square Panda with Andre Agassi, the tennis legend. And uh, Square Panda is a learning tool for children, two through eight, to learn how to read and spell. Uh, people who are interested in learning about it can go to squarepanda.com. And we are launching our product in the United States individually to consumers as well as in school districts. And uh, we're based in Silicon Valley. And we are launching it in India and China as well to teach those children how to learn English, how to spell and read English. 
it's a great challenge. It's a great opportunity. And uh, not only have I invested in it, but I'm on the board of directors with Andre. And it's very exciting. It sounds exciting. And I will be sure to link both the book and the website in the episode description. Ron, I am so appreciative of you joining us today. You've given us a lot of information. You've been a great interviewer. And I want to thank you for taking the time and give me this chance. Absolutely. Uh, for our listeners, absolutely check out Ron's website, roncoryauthor.com. That's C-O-U-R-Y. Also check out his book, Tenacity, on Amazon. And you can also check out the Audible version as well. Hey, if you're a first-time listener and you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast for more good advice coming right to wherever you are. And be sure to leave the episode a five-star review. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. Take it easy. See ya.